Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. We, as always, are covering everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. I am Brielle Jekyll, Associate Editor of Food Logistics and SDCE, Uh, and today I'm really excited. We're diving into everything about the mysterious cloud with Tom Litchford from AWS, detailing how the cloud and machine learning has really changed the supply chain forever. Hi, I'm here with Tom Litchford, Global Head of Retail at Amazon Web Services, and he's going to answer all of our burning questions about the cloud today. Hi, Tom. Thank you so much for calling in. Hey, Brielle. Nice to be here. Yeah. So first things first, um, I'm, and I'm only half joking when I say this, but where is the cloud and what is the cloud? <laughs> you know, you know. Actually, that's that's not a bad question. I mean, um, you know, uh, as recent as like two or three years ago, when I joined AWS uh, in retail specifically, we were still getting questions like that, or, or you know, you know, why should I go to the cloud, and and why is it important? Uh, although now I will say that the shift is nice, and it's it's become more of a how do I get to the cloud, and the reason is is really just the the answer to your question. You know, basically, you know, if you think of traditional on-prem data centers, you know, the cloud is 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 primarily just moving those types of services and resources into a into a cloud environment where you can access them and not have to invest in those resources in, on your own on-prem. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're not having to buy, own, or maintain these you know, traditional data centers as you were in the past. And the reason this is so important and the reason why this is, is – um, is, is a massive shift in terms of overall computing across all industries is, is, you know, initially you would think the cost savings, right? Well, and it is, you know, we see somewhere around 30 to 50% cost savings as for example, you start running, you know, that big ERP system or that e-commerce system in a cloud environment versus in your own data centers. But the real reasons that, or the more important reasons probably, are in terms of the agility that you get. And and by agility, we're talking about the ability to really, you know, start moving your culture from this, uh, to this culture of where I can experiment more and I can rapidly spin up all sorts of services, whether it's machine vision or IoT, or robotics or things like that, voice technologies, and try things out and experiment and see if they work and if they can impact, you know, how well I'm serving my customers. Uh, So agility is a a key important uh, reason there. The third reason is elasticity and, uh, and, you know, specifically e-commerce and retail is a great example of that where, you know, I I always talk about, I I haven't met a retailer yet that's figured out how to provision e-commerce on-premise to where it's not sitting there nine months of the year idle, uh, and therefore you're wasting money on all of the uh, hardware that's sitting on-prem, versus now around this time of the year, you start seeing that volume ramp up and systems actually not able to handle it. And that's where the cloud is, is, a, is a perfect example of how it's something we call auto-scaling, where the resources are ramped up on demand as uh, the volume increases. And then when the volume goes back down, those resources are deprovisioned and uh, basically you're only paying for the services uh, while they're running. 
And then the fourth reason is really around, again, the innovation you can drive. I talked about agility, but really, you know, when you can get to that experimentation mode, the, the, the innovation that you can drive and the, and the ways that you can serve your customers better are just exponentially increased because of the ability to rapidly test and try things, learn from it, save that data, move on if it doesn't work, try something else, and, uh, and ultimately take care of your customers better. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to think how it all works because you think about the cloud in your personal life and then you also, you know, with your, with your phone and things like that, but then it's also so useful in a business sense. So, so speaking of that, how does Amazon specifically use cloud technology in its, in its logistics and warehousing processes? Right. So, you're, so specifically to uh, Amazon, the retailer, um, you know, it's interesting because, again, you know, if you think about, you know, the cloud technologies themselves, uh, they were actually born from from uh, taking care of some business issues or business challenges that Amazon, the retailer, uh, created. So, uh, you know, you go back into the first days of the cloud, you know, again, as those services were developed, Amazon saw the opportunity to take those same technologies and offer them to all customers and hence the 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 cloud and therefore the fact that AWS services you'll hear us literally talk about born from retail built for retailers because those services are there. So specifically in fulfillment centers and back in supply chain, you know, go, go back to the days where you're thinking around, you know, just again about, you know, how, how we can scale or how, how they could do things at hyperspeed and innovate and really remove friction from the processes that are serving customers in retail today. And if, if you go back to 97, for example, Amazon retail had just two fulfillment centers to where if you look at them today, there's um, something like 300 plus fulfillment centers, 180 of them have robotics in them, were uh, scattered over 17 different uh, uh, countries. And, um, when you look at the key technologies there, AWS is powering those fulfillment centers in terms of, I would say maybe the most important technology there is machine learning. So when you look at just how do they do demand forecasting for over 400 million products, or how do they select optimal inbound carriers and delivery locations, or you know how do they adjust product by region and, and demand and make sure they're distributing and allocating that product to the correct fulfillment centers. And it's a key key uh, technology and machine learning to be able to do that and not depend on, you know, the classic Excel spreadsheets that we've deployed mm-hmm. over the past decades. Uh, so, you know, that's uh, a couple of things there from that. And then when you look at, you know, across our, uh, or across Amazon's fulfillment centers, you know, I'll talk a little bit about maybe the sort of, what we call the sortable uh, fulfillment centers. There's four types of centers, but the sortable is where you typically are seeing the small products that are, you know, packaged into smaller shipping boxes versus heavy bulky items and things like that. And, um, you know, when you think about that, just from, uh, uh, you know, how they handle inbound ops, how they do stow, pick, pack, something we call SLAM, which is probably pretty standard. That's where you do the scan, label, and apply there's just technology all around that. So if you look at computer vision, IOT, machine learning, um, you can think about some of the things Amazon fulfillment centers are doing. 
a key one is something they call random stow. So there's no set place in that warehouse or fulfillment center that an item is packaged and stored. Uh, they use robotics. Uh, all the uh, racks and bins are determined by machine learning that determines that as items are coming inbound, uh, what's the next rack, what's the next bin that this item gets stored in. And everything based on that is maximized to have that product at the closest point possible. So when it's ordered, it's the, at a picker that's uh, uh, easily accessible to, to get that into the process to be packed. Uh, so this is where the Kiva Robotics comes into play. And uh, all of that robotics is powered again by AWS technologies. Um, the bin vision system. So you start talking about computer vision. So again, as, as items are brought up to a picker for a particular order, uh, again, you're presented with a rack that has, uh, I, I'll get it wrong, but something like 24 bins. And they use computer vision to actually highlight the bin that the item's in. So the picker doesn't have to try to figure it out. They just look for the light that says it's in this bin and they reach in and grab the item. Um, you know, the way we pack, you know, it's all around, you know, how do you do proper box selection as that item's coming down the conveyor belts. And so the box is pre-picked. The tape for taping the box closed is actually pre-cut uh, for them. So they don't have to figure things out like that. Wow. And it, so again, every, everything there is built for speed. And because of the AWS technologies in Amazon fulfillment centers, you're seeing things like 22% smaller buildings. You're seeing 20% cut in operational cost. You're seeing cycle times that used to take 60 to 75 minutes cut to 15 minutes. And it's all about you know, not just operational efficiency in that supply chain. You know, remember I said it's all about the end customer and what was the uh, friction that we were trying to remove from that customer. And it was, you know, I want my items faster. And so literally, you know, working Amazon fulfillment centers, working with AWS or thinking, how do we get friction out of that process? How do we get these processes down to where we can deliver items? Um, you know, literally from the time a, a customer hits uh, buy online to potentially having it at their house within an hour. I think one of the really cool things about AWS is that what you said, the, the born from retailer for retailers, um, and it's, you know, obviously that's the best way to get things done is to really know what you're talking about and know the, the pain points that need to be solved through technology. Um, right. Forgive and that's me. A great, you know, that's a great, um, a, a great example there is, is again, the, the learnings that AWS gets from working with Amazon consumer business as a retailer, mm -hmm. we pass as much of that back to customers as they allow us to. You know, obviously, if there's stuff that they want to keep proprietary, we have to respect that just like we respect that from any customer. But, you know, as an example, when you look at the fulfillment centers, the actual AWS services, mo almost all of those are available for you to use today. So outside of the mm -hmm. kind of classic storage and databases and things like that, but look at things like demand forecasting. There's uh, Amazon Forecast today. That is the actual demand forecasting machine learning algorithms that Amazon.com uses. And here we try to make, you know, again, machine learning a lot easier and a lot faster for our customers to use. Another one is Amazon Robotics. So how do you, you know, while we don't, don't share the actual algorithms for how they do the random store and pick, 
uh, we do allow or show you how we build these applications using Amazon Robotics. So that's a key point uh, from the born from retail, built for retailers. So forgive me if this is a is if this is a stupid question, but I want to go back to the machine learning and all that stuff. How is that? directly related to the cloud? Is it just that it lives in the cloud or, or that it's, you know, available to everyone through the cloud or is it just another part of the cloud? Yeah. So, so, you know, think of machine learning. I mean, from a, from a retailer's perspective today, most of their data is siloed across the various applications out there and retailers have done or, or tried their best to bring that data into, for example, a, a traditional data warehouse and then apply, you know, regular business intelligence or traditional analytics to that. And, and that's good in terms of learning what happened yesterday, but it's not good in helping me kind of figure out that counterintuitive stuff that I'm not going to, you know, as a human being, you know, dig through Excel spreadsheets and, and see something like that. So the importance here is, is it's data, 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 and you've got to get that data into a common or a single source of the truth. And then you can start applying machine learning to that data to start, you know, doing things um, that uh, are more real time in nature to where, you know, I can see something happening today, and if I can get that and respond to it now, I impact my customer service versus learning about it tomorrow, and there's nothing I can do about it now except maybe fix the problem so it doesn't happen again. You know, another great example of that is, uh, I mean, just take, you know, the conveyors in a fulfillment center, you know, in, in, a, in a traditional Amazon fulfillment center today, there's something, you know, depending on the actual size of it, around 14 miles of conveyors. And you can imagine this, the customer impact if one of those conveyors goes down. Mm -hmm. So they're constantly applying things like machine learning to that to figure out, you know, what's going on at the conveyors uh, throughout, you know, all of those miles of mm -hmm. conveyors and trying to really determine things like wear and tear and predict when a particular line might go down so that they can reroute stuff immediately and get preventative maintenance in. So again, from a machine learning perspective, these are not things you're going to just find on your own. You're going to have to get more into that, you know, predictive analytics and trying to find the counterintuitive insights. I think that is one of, I mean, there's tons of really interesting things about machine learning and AI, but I think one of the more interesting things for me is, is the um, maintenance prediction. I think that's so cool. Like being able to predict when a machine is going to go down and what to do. I, I think that's really interesting. Um, but I was just thinking because you said that all the data, I think one of the things that I talk about with experts all the time is the importance of the right data because there's so much data now. How, how do you, how does a AWS handle the excess data and like find what, what the good data is, the data that you actually need? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, again, what, what we try to work with our customers on is a retail data strategy. And so again, try to, you know, take this data that, that, you know, retailers have collected over the, the past decades. A lot of it, again, is siloed uh, across multiple different systems and um, 
the kind of technical term in retail today is, is creating a data lake. And how do we get all of this data into a, a, a common data lake so that you have a single source of the truth? And the other key points here too is a lot of my data today is unstructured. So, you know, we're not you know, not trying to get too technical on this call, but we don't want to be throwing relational data models at everything. We want to just be able to store the data, be able to mine that data for for insights and even counterintuitive insights and try to, you know, again, figure out working backwards from what that customer outcome is that we want. How can we you know, change or, or get more efficient at our business processes so that we're taking care of that customer better. And, uh, you know, again, a lot of times is, you know, you don't have to be, you know, what I call shiny object syndrome and focused mm-hmm. on customer facing stuff. A lot of the problems are back in that supply chain that would, you know, have immense impact on the brand's experience with consumers. That's one of the more interesting things that I've learned from moving from retail-based reporting to, you know, consumer-facing reporting to supply chain is the the need for technology and processes and automation within the back end versus instead of the consumer-facing. Exactly. I mean, just just look at COVID-19 and what happened to grocery, right? I mean, you know, they, they, you saw massive, massive shift to online shopping, which, you know, grocery has always been the laggards in online shopping. And here, I think, you know, they jumped, uh, you know, somewhere from, you know, less than 15% of their business to 35%. In fact, I think I saw uh, Kroger the other day, their online shopping was up over 100%. And it's like, how do I, you know, how, from a supply chain perspective, you know, you saw huge hits on, uh, you know, customers doing uh, almost panic shopping, right? So now, now I've got a demand forecasting issue where, you know, traditional data is not going to help me a whole lot. I've got to start depending more on ML instead of the old rules-based mm-hmm. demand forecasting algorithms. I've got allocations issues now, right? Where, where when I do finally get the product in, which store should be getting it? I've got SKU rationalization issues, right? I need to probably, you know, start uh, putting more effort into or or more truck space for my paper goods for the time being. So now I'm, you know, maybe gonna, you know, forego some of those, you know, uh, SKUs that don't move quite as often, but yet that still represents billions of dollars to the business now that they're out of stock on those items, right? So again, from, from a grocery, you know, I, I don't think COVID necessarily broke anything we didn't know we already had problems with. It surely accelerated and exposed the weaknesses we have in supply chain and where we need technology to start helping us. Definitely exposed it to the consumer if we didn't know, know about these problems before. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of the things that we've been hearing and that we've been reporting on is that COVID has not necessarily brought on new trends. It's just made them happen so much faster than they were in the past. So online grocery was right. already trending up and now it's boom, it's here. Um, and a lot of that was machine learning as well. Um, mm-hmm. And that leads me to my next question. Even before COVID, how do you think that the cloud has changed the supply chain industry? Right. So, and, and again, I would also keep in mind the, um, 
you know, the impact downstream too. It's not, you know, obviously the supply chain, you know, was exposed with quite a few issues, but at the same time now, you know, look at what's going on with consumer behaviors and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, this, this almost this kind of obviously digital shopping trend, but not only that, but, but, you know, I don't, I'm not even sure I want to go into a store anymore. You know, I'm, I'm worried about my health. So now there's this big, you know, uh, move to do buy online pickup at curb and retailers trying to figure out how do they do that. And a lot of them, you know, that literally were, were caught without those capabilities or trying to do, you know, associates in their stores actually doing picking and they're quickly seeing that they can't handle that volume, that that, that kind of model can't scale. So now they're looking at the supply chain to say, hey, well, how do I create maybe these micro fulfillment centers and get technology and automation in there to try to help things like that? So, you know, again, you're seeing COVID really start, you know, changing, um, you know, retailers, um, decisions on on how they do things from the the traditional way mm-hmm. you know the other the other areas i mean based on your question though in terms of supply chain just use of technology um, you know we've always even pre-covid we were already working you know on the supply chain and merchandise side uh, particularly with ml and again i'm just going to keep going back to how important ml and how important data is here uh, but just, you know, in terms of like promotion and markdown optimization, there was lots of work going on there. You know, I talked about, you know, the warehouse optimization stuff that, you know, just, you know, learnings from Amazon and how they do it and, and, and how can we take those and, and push those out to our other customers. Uh, so even, you know, customers like ASOS working with us saw a 5% improvement in their picking uh, from their traditional warehouses. Or, you know, you see uh, companies like Foot Asylum in the UK that saw a 20% reduction in their stock days uh, by applying ML to, to how they do their business. And then even more recent, um, you know, coming uh, out of India was more. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're about a 650 store uh, grocery store chain out of India, the largest uh, grocer in India. And they actually, you know, focused on demand forecasting. So they were seeing... Uh, an improvement from 27 to 76% accuracy, which then saw a corresponding 20% reduction in waste uh, coming from um, uh, their fresh produce category. So again, um, you know, from a technology perspective, uh, this, this ML is just so critical mm-hmm. in terms of improving the supply chain. What do you think that the future holds um, in relation to ML and the cloud for the supply chain? Yeah, again, so, so, you know, getting back to, um, you know, the ability to rapidly sense and respond to customer and inventory demands. So, you know, you know, back to my comment around not depending on learning tomorrow about what happened, you know, in my warehouses or my stores yesterday, but really being able to sense and respond almost in real time to things that are going on. And, and then I think, you know, again, this future is going to be, uh, you know, there's still going to be this this place for traditional, uh, you know, DCs, fulfillment centers, things like that. But how is this model going to, you know, really get down to more of this local fulfillment and, and micro fulfillment centers? Mm-hmm. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm running a little bit out of time. You know, we have that Zoom limit. <laughs> huh. um, but this is really interesting, and I completely agree. I think data and ML is just so important in the supply chain specifically and in, you know, all aspects of retail and, and industry. Yeah, totally agree with you. I mean, I if I would leave one thing with retailers today, I would say, you know, if you if you really started watching consumer behaviors, really started understanding the technologies they're using and how those technologies are are changing their shopping habits, then you as a retailer, you know, again, getting away from always focusing on, you know, those shiny objects, just go right. back to the basics and how can I improve my, my supply chain in order to make sure that I can develop brand loyalty with those consumers because I'm the one that's able to, you know, fulfill what they want, when they want it, and at the price that they want it. I think that shiny object syndrome is such a, a – a, pitfall, I guess that you would say in the, in business, because you want to, you know, get all these cool things that are consumer facing. But like we've been saying, it's just so, so much more important to have a good system in the back end to make sure that your, you know, your operation is at its best. Right. Well, thank you again. Um, we really enjoyed this conversation and we'll definitely, you know, um, talk to you again in the future. We'd love to bring you on again. All right. I appreciate the, uh, the offer, Brielle. It was fun to talk to you today. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And thank you again to Tom for coming on uh, and giving us all that insight about Amazon and the cloud. Uh, tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Apple, uh, Google, and Spotify playlist apps so you never miss an episode. See you next time.